0: So let's just get into it, okay? Here's my question. Uh, did you wash your feet before you came to church? Did you? <laughs> or, or you got them hidden under stuff that no one can see? Uh, uh, there's a, a Christian comedian named John Christ. Anybody familiar, fan, John? Yeah, funny guy. Uh, he's famous for asking people to check your heart. Well, uh, week number nine, Grace Impact Series, we're going to talk today about check your feet. Check your feet. You might want to write this down. Here's the major thought for today, back of your bulletin. Here we go. There's no grace found in dirty feet. When our feet are dirty, there's no grace available. Grace only comes through clean feet. Grace is only available through clean feet. little confused, not understanding what we're talking about. Locate with me on your phone, in your Bible. Gospel of John, chapter 13, where Jesus deals in love and grace with the 24 feet of his 12 disciples. Even the filthy feet of his betrayer, Judas, which is amazing. Would you stand with me if you're able? John chapter 13. We're going to read out loud together the first 11 verses of John chapter 13. Ready? Here we go. It was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas Jesus answered, those who've had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said, not everyone was clean. Let's pray. Lord, would you help us today to start looking closely daily at our feet? It's our desire, Lord, now, week number nine, grace impact. We really want grace to flow and splash and impact those you put around us. So, Lord, uh, we're going to need your help. Help us to start looking and paying attention to those places that get our feet dirty regularly. We invite your son, Jesus Christ, to, to be here through the presence of his spirit. We welcome you today to your church. Lord, you're the brains. You're the owner of this church. You paid the price for each and every member of your church family here today. And you paid that price with your own life. We welcome you, Jesus, today. Come and be welcomed in each of our lives right now. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one united voice, Amen. John thirteen three. Jesus knew who he was. He, he understood exactly who he was in the situation, and he knew, "I'm the second person of the Trinity. I'm the Jewish Messiah. The Old Testament has been talking about. I am the Savior of the world." He knew exactly, and he knew timing, and this was the night. Before he went to the cross. You understand? Before the trial. Before all that we know of and we call Easter. Okay, So he knew the Father, verse 3, look at it, had put all power under his control. So Jesus getting up from the dinner table, knowing he was all knowing, all powerful. He knew exactly who he was. The key person of Trinity. What could he do right now? He had all the power in the universe available. That's what verse 3 says. He could toss another hundred billion galaxies into the, into the atmosphere. Couldn't he? Could just speak them at a hundred billion galaxies, each holding hundreds of billions of stars? He could say, yeah, I got all the power. Or he could have invited 100 million angels from heaven come and sing the hallelujah chorus. Let's shake up all of Israel. Let's, let's just shake everything up before it even occurs. Let, let's shake it all up and let them know who I really am. Or if I was Jesus, all power, here's what I was thinking. I'm going to smoke uh, Pontius Pilate and I'm going to smoke Herod and all of the Sanhedrin, uh, Caiaphas and Annas, give them uh, boils, give them uh, leprosy, give them awful stuff, and then they won't be able to try me and put me on the cross. You understand what he could do? It says very clearly, verse 3, all power has been given to Jesus. Okay. So when the average person is given great power and great authority, What do you want to do? I want to do something to show off my new awesomeness, don't you? I want to be spectacular. That's what the average person is thinking. But I want you to look closely. What does Jesus do knowing all power has been given to him? Verse 4. Here's what Jesus does. So Jesus got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. Did you catch that? So so Jesus, knowing all powers given to him, after that he poured water into a basin, he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Hmm. Jesus Christ, creator, sustainer, originator of the cosmos, Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, Lion of the tribe of Judah, the owner and ruler of heaven and earth, what does he do? He washes feet. He washes feet. And you understand, don't you? Uh, that was the job of the lowest ranking servant or slave in the household. So the, the one who had to wash stinky, grimy, smelly feet... That was the job nobody else wanted. Uh, That was the foot washer. But Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to take on the role of servant. Philippians 2 talks about that. And I'm going to wash off the mud and the manure and the grime of 24 feet. My 12 disciples, including my betrayer, the feet of Judas Iscariot. So, question. Why didn't one of the twelve step up and wash everybody's feet? Well, why didn't one of the disciples take this role? And in a parallel account, if you go to Luke 22, verses 24 to 29, here's why it tells us. Because they were all arguing about who was going to be the greatest in the new kingdom. Think about it. Uh, Jesus walks into the upper room, and there's this big debate, and they're all trying to figure out. I think I'm going to sit at the head. I think I'm going to be the greatest. When we get into the new kingdom, I'm going to be the man. And all twenty, and all twenty-four of those feet are thinking, "There's no way that if I'm going to be the greatest, then I'm going to stoop and wash filthy, grimy feet." That's like the opposite of greatness. No way. That's why they didn't step up, because they they thought they were great. They they wanted to be great. That's what they were aspiring to. And then Jesus arrives at Peter's feet. Look at verse 6. It's it's kind of humorous. It really is. Uh, He came, Jesus came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, uh, are you going to wash my feet too? I, I see the pattern, and now it's my turn. And Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you're going to understand it. Pete, no, no, said Peter, you'll never wash my feet. You're not going to do that. Jesus says, uh, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Uh, aren't you grateful for Peter? <laughs> I love Peter. Then Lord replied, "Goes uh, then don't just wash my feet, wash my hands, wash my head as well. Peter had the world's mindset when it came to power and authority. Peter understood that in the business world, in the military world, in the world of politics, even in the world of disciples, uh, the person at the top, the, the, the one with authority, that's the one that ought to be served. Peter understood that well. So Peter is saying, Jesus, I, I'm kind of offended that you're going to wash my feet and serve me. That's backwards. That's messed up. Uh, I don't think you should do that. But he's just speaking what everybody else was thinking. He, he just put words to it. Uh, verse 7, you don't understand now, Pete. You're not getting it. You'll understand later. Verse eight, no master, <laughs> you'll never wash my feet. Why is he saying that's that's pride and that's ignorance speaking? Uh, verse eight, last part. Peter, if you don't allow me to wash your feet, this is this is big. Okay, this is I think the most important section in this entire account here. Okay, he says you don't understand, Peter. If you don't allow me to wash your feet then you're not going to be connected to me. You're not going to have fellowship with me. That's the words here. There's no companionship. There's no sense of my presence. Uh, fellowship will be broken if you don't let me wash your feet. And then classic Peter to the other extreme, verse 9. Okay, then, Jesus, if that's the way it is, uh, then don't just wash my feet. <laughs> wash, Give me. you know get the shampoo, wash my head, wash my hands, uh, just give me a bath, Jesus. Interesting, and Jesus responding to Peter's request for a bath gives us really, I think, the most important fact in this whole account here. Okay. Full explanation, now we're going to get, and we're actually going to get some good doctrinal truth here that's very, very practical to live out as a follower of Jesus. Look at verse 10. Here we go. Jesus answered, okay? He says, I, just give me a bath. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you're clean, Pete, though not every one of you. Looking at the other 11, okay? Give me your eyes for a moment. You need to understand some some uh, uh, context. Hot, sticky culture. Folks in this kind of climate took baths every day. It's likely that all, all of them had taken a bath in the morning before they started their day. They were clean. Okay, But in ancient cities like Jerusalem, and the primary mode of transportation was walking. There were some who got to ride a horse, or ride a donkey, um, or a camel, even more rare. But they didn't have fancy horse diapers like they do on Mac Island. You understand? They didn't have lots of sweepers who go around and clean up after the animals. Um, and it was mostly unpaved, muddy, manure-filled streets. Lots of sheep, and chickens, and goats, and cows, and Wild dogs running around, adding to the grime. Got it? And and almost everybody wore sandals. They hadn't invented sneakers or work boots at this time, so almost everybody wore sandals. So, even though you had a bath a few hours ago, you arrived at the upper room, what was the condition of your feet? Any thoughts? (laughs) Filthy. Filthy. Now go back to verse ten. Okay, here we go. Peter, you, you've already had your bath. You've already been washed. So he's talking in two levels here. Today you've already had your feet washed, but but Pete, your sins have already been washed and been forgiven. First Corinthians six nine to eleven. Pete, all your sins will be remembered no more. Hebrews ten verse seventeen. Peter. You've been washed and regenerated and born again. Titus 3 and verse 5. Peter, you've already had your spiritual bath. You've already said yes to me and chosen by faith to follow me. You only need to say yes and I do to me one time, Peter. Then you get your spiritual bath. You're washed and you're cleansed. All your sins, past, present, and future are taken care of. Okay? So the challenge, give me your eyes, here's the key. Moving forward, Peter, here's the challenge. It's to keep your feet clean. Here's, here's the challenge, follower of Jesus Christ. This world we live in is filthy and grimy and muddy and filled with sin and filled with temptation. The challenge for us, just like the challenge for Peter, keep, keep your feet clean. Pay attention. To your feet. Now how do we know. That Jesus was talking about something deeper. Than just physical baths. And physical feet washing. Okay. Um, Go back to verse 10. Because it tells us very clearly. And you are clean. Last part of verse 10. Though though not every one of you. uh, Looking at the other 11. Verse 11 now he gets specific. For he knew. Who was going to betray him. And that is why he said not every one of you is clean. He's clearly not talking about Judas. And the fact that he hadn't had a chance to have a bath earlier that day. He's talking about the fact that that Judas who would betray Jesus. Never had a spiritual bath. Judas never gave his heart and his life to Jesus. As Savior and Lord. He, he's saying, verse 11, uh, Judas never had that spiritual cleansing that you have, you have already had, Peter. And, and I want you to understand, he's not clean, he's not born again like you are. You understand? Verse 11 makes it clear. This is huge. To live a life filled with grace, that's what we're talking about, to live a life where we're going to impact the people around us, With grace, we're going to have to learn to check our feet. We're going to have to daily make sure our feet are clean if we're going to make a difference in this filthy, grummy, muddy world that we live in. Now I understand it was that way back for Peter 33 AD. I would argue today it hasn't changed. Same different forms of filth. And mud and grime and manure, the only difference is we can access the manure and the mud of sin through technology much easier. You understand? The difference is it, it, it comes to us and, it's, and we're holding it right in our phone or on our tablet or on our computer or on our TV screen. It's like there now. That, that's the difference. i got to tell you, I, I'm... Tempted always just to run to verse 15. Slide down to verse 15. And this is usually where we go with this. Okay, Jesus has washed your feet. Jesus has set you the example. So now we must serve others and wash their feet. Take care of their needs. Look out for them. And that is exactly what we should be doing. But if we run to verse 15, 15, and we follow Jesus' example, but we haven't paid attention to our dirty feet, um, there's going to be no grace to splash, verse 15. You understand? Uh, until, Until we check our feet and deal with our dirty feet, then anything I run and do is just good and nice and moral and religious Oh, yeah, I'm doing this because Jesus told me to, but it amounts to wood, hay, stubble, not going to make a difference. There is no real grace being splashed anywhere on anyone. So, so, uh, until I make sure my feet are clean, I'm really not going to make a difference. There's going to be no grace flowing or splashing on anyone. Three quick examples. What am I talking about? You're headed to work. You're running a little late. Uh, Had an extra cup of coffee. Now you're on the road. You're driving behind uh, a parade of cars because somebody out that's leading the parade is going 10 miles under the speed limit. You ever been there? Okay. Uh, You're crawling. There's this snail of a driver, totally clueless out front. And as they... um, Drive like a snail and make everybody behind them later and later, you're getting more and more frustrated. You're saying more and more uh, not kind words about the snail up there and not sure why they're driving the way they are. And then you finally get to work and then you holler out a quick prayer, an arrow prayer. Now, Jesus, help me to shine bright for you at work today. Here's the problem. Uh, you forgot to check your feet. Okay? Because your, your impatience and your frustration and your slander at the snail um, have caused dirty feet, which means until you deal with your dirty feet, there's no grace available for you to make a difference on the job today. Example number two. Get up and uh, your child is filled with the terrible twos or terrible threes or terrible tens or terrible teens or terrible twenties and or terrible thirties. You could keep going because uh, we all at times are terrible. Anyway, you've already spent time with the Lord. You're, you're in good. You got your feet clean. You're filled with Jesus. You're ready to make a difference. And now suddenly... You have that encounter with your child, and it's not going well. And pretty soon, in your mind, they're looking at you, they're defying you, and, and they're basically saying, I know what I should do, but I'm not gonna do that. And and suddenly now you lose your religion with your child and you say things that you should and you're angry, okay, and, and now that encounter is done, and now you're ready to move on. Uh, and you want to make a difference now for the rest of the day can i just say it? until you do what get your feet clean get check your feet get them right with the lord and now move on cuz you got your feet dirty example number 3 you're at the football field you're at the soccer field you're at the baseball the soccer the volleyball court, the softball field, pick your sport. Uh, uh, family members out there playing, and they're doing really well, and the game is close, and everybody's cheering, when suddenly the ref or the umpire makes the most awful call you've ever seen in your life. Uh, and it affects the game. Matter of fact, your team loses as a result of that bad call, and you lose it. <laughs> And you're angry because that's not fair. Because that's not right. Now again, you've had your devotions earlier in the day. Jesus is front and center, clean feet. uh, But now you're angry and your attitudes and your words are ugly. And and you get back in the car. And now you want to make a difference once again in your world. What's the problem? What's the problem? Tell me. (laughs) <laughs> it's your feet. You allowed that, that situation to get the best of you. and suddenly now your feet are dirty. and I promise you there's no grace available till you get your feet clean. You're not, you're not going to make any grace uh, splash on anybody. First John 1:9 is huge here. Here's what it says, How do you get your feet clean? It says, if we confess our sins, call it the same, call it what God's Word calls it, call it what the Lord calls it, confess your sins, Jesus is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and will purify us from all forms of unrighteousness. Pretty interesting, right? But the first step to get your feet clean, is to stop and recognize, you know what? I allowed this situation, I allowed uh, this person and how they approached me, what they said, or or this circumstance that, that made me frustrated, I allowed that to get the best of me and suddenly now, I got my feet really dirty. It's a form of unrighteousness. And, and I don't know what your favorite uh, or or the most common form of unrighteousness for you is, but whatever it is, what do you got to do to get your feet clean? You need to run to Jesus and say, Lord, uh, here I am, and I know you already marked my account paid in full by the shed blood of the lamb. Aren't you glad about that? Okay, so you marked the account paid in full, and now I'm going to draw a check on that account, okay? And I'm going to write the check of confession, and I'm going to write... The snail driver, Lord, drove me nuts and I said bad things about them. And that was wrong. And that was unrighteous. And I'm asking you to wash and cleanse and, and get my feet clean. Okay, uh, that, that child of mine, their, their disobedience, their attitude toward me made me crazy. And I know suddenly now I wasn't just being a good and godly husband, father, uh, mother, I I suddenly lost it and my impatience caused my feet to get dirty. And I'm going to call that sin and I'm going to ask you to wash and cleanse and make my feet clean again. Uh, The anger at that incompetent referee, that umpire, and and okay, Lord, I'm going to quit calling them incompetent and I'm just going to say, Lord, uh, I need to give that to you and I need you to wash and cleanse my feet. Do you understand until you get your feet clean of your unrighteousness your sin nothing good nothing lasting is going to happen now we can slide down to verse 15 and i promise you we're going to be called and the lord's going to say now that your feet are clean now go serve one another but first check your feet <laughs> check your feet okay Want to make a difference with grace? Have Jesus splashed on the people that He puts in your path? Check your feet. Make sure the crud, the mud, the filth, the sin hasn't gotten in between your toes and rendered you useless for grace until you confess, call it sin, and ask Jesus to wash and cleanse and make your feet clean. My prayer for each of you all week long. Any guesses? As we close, any any guesses? What do you think my prayer has been for you as I've gotten ready here for today? Uh, my my prayer is that you'd learn to start what checking your feet, like like every day, and, and especially, Lord, help us to get to the point when 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 I sense that, that I've pushed you off the throne and now I've taken charge and I've said something, I've thought something, I, I've acted in some inappropriate way, I've looked at something that I shouldn't have been looking at, Lord, Lord, help me to start checking my feet. Because I want to make a difference for you. And your kingdom. Let's pray together. Bow your heads. shut your eyes. So, uh, as you think about Your life recently, how have you been doing as far as keeping your feet clean? Would you invite the Lord to show you? And, And maybe you've gotten really good at this, and you're very quick to run to Jesus and get your feet clean and confess sin and get right back in relationship, or it could be that that's not true for some of us. Speak, Lord, we're listening. Second thought that I would uh, ask you to consider, where is it that you typically slip and fall in the mud and the filth and the manure of sin in your life? Because the truth is, most of us have patterns, and most of us have a place or two or three that if if we're going to get filthy with our feet, that's the place that usually occurs. Would you ask the Lord to show you? Because if I'm always falling and slipping in the same puddle of mud and, and yuck, Lord, would you help me to start paying close attention there? Sins of the eye, looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at, sins of the mouth, sins of attitude, pride, jealousy, envy, impatience, Lord. Would you show us? Help us to start paying attention to those areas that are getting our feet dirty day after day after day. I just want to close. Could be you're here and the truth is you've never had a spiritual bath. You only need one of those. But if you're here today and you've never had a spiritual bath, you've never been to the cross and said, yes, Jesus, I believe you took my place on that cross. I, I believe, Jesus, you shed your blood for my greatest problem. I'm a sinner. I believe that. And Jesus, I believe you took my place in the tomb, and I believe early Sunday morning you arose from the dead for me. Right now, by faith, Jesus, I receive you. Come be my king. I I open the door of my life, and and by faith, I'm asking that you might be my savior, my king. Give me a spiritual bath, head to toe. Mark in my account, paid in full by the shed blood of Christ. Jesus is clear. You only got to do that once. And you can do that right where you're seated. Aren't you glad, Jesus? I believe that. And I receive you. Take charge of my life. Be my king, my savior, my lord, my master. And then I want to get on that path that we talked about today. I want to start checking my feet. And I pray that for all of my friends here today in your church at Walloon, church family, help us to start paying attention and checking our feet. Daily, hourly some days. We love you. And as the men come forward who are going to serve communion right now, we're going to take the next few moments and I'm going to invite you to check your feet. You know, it's possible that you got here Sunday morning and you just didn't have time to make sure your feet were clean. Nothing between you and Jesus. So would you invite him to show you? Even right now, right where you're seated. Jesus, uh, I'm open to it. Make it clear. Make it obvious. And if there's sin that I haven't dealt with, thought, word, deed, I'm going to claim the shed blood of Christ. I'm going to write that check of confession. And as we celebrate what you did for us on the cross, Jesus, I want nothing between me and you your Holy Spirit and your grace to flow in my life.